Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Super Bowl champion Burgess Owens is on the show today. And boy, do we have a show for you. It's so great to talk to someone who is excited about life, excited about what they're doing, who's lived an incredible life, by the way, and has so much to teach us, to teach us as citizens and to teach us as people. I mean, wait till you hear this interview. He is incredible. He will open up your mind. He will open up your heart. And he is running for Congress in Utah, in the great state of Utah. Welcome to the Sarah Carter Show. I am coming to you from Radio America. I am a fellow with the Independent Women's Forum, and you can read all my stories at sarahacarter.com. Again, that's sarahacarter.com. And follow me on Twitter, please. I'm almost at a million at Sarah Carter DC. Sarah Carter DC. This is going to be a race for the million. I want to get to a million by March, right? I'm not asking for a lot. (laughs) I just love it. Um, Anyways, today we have Burgess Owens. And Mr. Owens is such a phenomenal man. And I met him actually for the first time in Utah. I was actually out in Utah visiting family. And I was going to do Fox News that night. And over there, it's daytime still (laughs) because of the time difference. I head over to the studios in Salt Lake City. I get to the studio and uh, start getting ready, getting into makeup. And here comes this handsome man who looks at me and says, you're Sarah Carter. And I said, oh, my goodness. You're Burgess Owens. And my husband was there with me that day. And, of course, he knows exactly who Burgess Owens is. He's a Super Bowl champion. And he's a superstar. And not only that, he's just an all-around great guy. And we had a chance to talk. Uh, We talked about our families. We talked about our lives. And he had this big honking Super Bowl championship ring on his finger um, from the time he played with the Oakland Raiders. And uh, I looked at it, and then he looked at me, and he said, you want to try it on? You could try it on. You could get your picture. And I thought, oh, my gosh, really? Bucket list. Check. And then Marty was, like, looking at me like, man, I hope he lets me try it on. (laughs) And he did. He put it on his finger. We got our pictures taken and we're a little starstruck. Uh, He's just, you know, somebody that when he started talking to me, when he started saying how he was feeling about what was happening in our nation, the divide, the cultural divide, and also very sadly, this racial divide that was growing in our country that we could see spreading across our nation in such a way that it affected our young people, affected uh, the future of this country. And he's like, look, I'm going to put a stop to this. He's the kind of man that, uh, like like so many other leaders before him, speaks out not, not intellectually, but directly to you, straight from his heart, from his own experiences. And that's why I have him on today, and that's why I'm so grateful that he was with us. And And you're going to love the interview. It's fast-paced. It's fun. He reveals all kinds of new things. He he. Oh, well, go ahead, Adam. I, just, I was going to say that our listeners should really enjoy and appreciate the tale of a man who never spoke to a white person until age 16, all the way, and then a transformation to calling for support for any black American wearing a MAGA hat. I know. Yes. I mean— it was it was stunning. It was like a moment when he says that in the interview and you realize that, I mean, everybody has a different life, right? Everybody has a different cross to bear or something that happened in their lives. And he talks about his time growing up in Florida and Tampa, right? And, ta- and then he talks about his family and his father uh, being a World War II veteran and what set him on this 
like this successful life, this life where he has appreciated this nation and he wants to share it with other people. He wants other people who come from poverty, who came from towns in Chicago, you know, came from a big city like Chicago to a small town in Alabama to understand that it doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have, that you can actually make it. You can be something because this is America. And that's what's so important about this interview, I think. He what was extremely think? refreshing. And it we was. got about 35, 40 minutes with him. And then we've got another guest coming on as well. I don't know if you want to oh, promo that. Oh, I do. I do. Because this is another person who's played a, a role in my life, actually, for more than 13 years. And that is Gary Brugman. Uh, he is a former Border Patrol agent who is fighting uh, for a pardon now. He is appealing with his uh, attorney, Jeffrey Atticott, uh, for a presidential pardon. Uh, you have to hear his story. Again, you can read his story, Gary Bregman's story, on com. But uh, what he says is a wrongful imprisonment, being imprisoned for doing his job. And when you read his story and when you see the evidence and the lack of evidence that was used against him, uh, to charge him with the crime that put him in prison for two years, I think you're going to be astonished. It's going to set you back. And we want people to come and actually tweet about this, right, Adam? Yeah, he I needs mean, your help. We're going to ask you guys, as our listeners, uh, guys and girls listening, <clears throat> for your help here at the end of the show. But this is a jam-packed one. We've got a lot to get to, so I really oh, think you're going to enjoy it. I know, and I can't wait for you to hear this. Here's, uh, hopefully, he's hoping for Congress this year. He's running for Congress, Burgess Owens, an amazing man and a good friend. Hello, Burgess Owens. Hi, Burgess. It's Sarah. How are you? Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? My goodness. I know. I know. I feel like we're just DMing each other, right? It's like direct message, direct message. Burgess, you're awesome. I can't wait to get you on the show. I'm so excited. And now, and now okay, I got you on the show. I'm so excited because this is such an important time for us, right? You know, in yeah. um, in American history, and and it's such an important time because we're seeing a, just a, this enormous shift culturally, politically, <laughs> and a lot of division. And that's why I wanted you on this show because you're a unifier. You are not a divider. Well, thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much. And you know what? What you're saying, your 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 last two statements is exactly the way I feel. This is such an important time for us to be alive and to be part of this process. And, and I'm just blessed to, 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 to not only understand this, be part of the process of getting our country back. So uh, it, I'm looking forward to it, Sarah. Absolutely. For sure. Well, I want people to know a little bit about you beyond just your amazing achievements in the NFL. I know that's how people know you. You were a Super Bowl champion in 1980, all of the, the great things that came after that. But a lot of people don't know about the history before the NFL, right? Burgess Owens, the kid, the guy in high school, the guy that went to college. By the way, the third black American granted a scholarship to play football at the University of Miami. I mean, that's, these are these are achievements, especially for a young man that are so significant. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. And also, the thing that I admire most. Burgess, about you is the fact that you're um, you have a bachelor of science degree in biology and chemistry. That's just so awesome because I love science. <laughs> By the way, I yeah. do I do the show on the Discovery Channel, uh, What on Earth, and I'm on this season. It's it's a lot of fun, Burgess. You should watch it if you like science. It's it's a great I show. Will definitely do that. <laughs> I love science. And you know it's and I, and I appreciate the introduction. And and I want people to know as they think back. That the first point you just made being the third black um, American to be University of Miami, what that speaks to is how far our country has come. You know, we are a country that's so awesome in terms of every single generation gets better and better and better. All we have to do is learn our history, and we can we can see that we can be excited about a better future because we know we've had such a great past of what we the people have done together. And, and, and to the point that, that you made when you first got on, <clears throat> my, my dad uh, served in World War II. He's a very very proud veteran. It came to a time when my community was very patriotic, very Christian-based, very, very entrepreneurial, and very uh, based on education. And and what I saw him go through, first of all, they went to war. They came back victorious, did not sit back and talk about how great they were. They just went out and built their families, built their country, built the greatest middle class we've ever seen. And and I didn't find out until later on what he had actually gone through. Because they, they, they they, that generation did not dwell 
on that stage. They just did what they had to do and thought it was just a, it was just natural. We, we are going through the same exact thing today. Uh, this generation will look back on time and mm-hmm. recognize how, how great it was that we we're fighting a war and we're actually in the heat of making things happen that, that many people just didn't, weren't even aware. I mean, and thank, 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 thank for, for, Sarah, for you and the Fox team and those of you who have really been pulling back this curtain of this, this, this insidious, uh, uh, deep, deep state of the, the people who have actually been after us, after this country for a long, long time. And now that we're waking up, we're going to do what we've always done. No matter when, when in history Americans have woken up and gone to, and, and gone to war and fought, We've always won, and that's what we're about to do now. We're going to win this battle. Uh, again, it's, it's a little different because it's against socialism and Marxism. It's, it's an ideology we're fighting versus, um, uh, you know, versus people that just have to speak a different language and, and have a different uniform on. So I'm excited about being part of this, and we'll look back on history and, and, and all be thankful that, uh, that we saw it and we won this battle we're going up against right now. I, yeah, I, honestly, this is it's it's so important. I want our listeners to really hear what you're saying, and I think your testimony before the subcommittee, you know, in Congress, is something that they need to hear. Um, Adam, could we play that one clip of of Burgess's testimony? Because I think it would be great. This is not about black and white, uh, rich or poor, blue collar, white collar. We're fighting for the heart and soul of our nation. We have a very, very special country that started with the Judeo-Christian values that allowed every single generation to become better than the last. And that has not ended. That has not stopped. Until now, we're telling our kids a little bit something different, that they don't have the opportunities that we had. I'm going to talk about some ideologies. And when I talk about them, I'm not talking about people. People change. I used to be a Democrat until I did my history and found out the, 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 the misery that that party brought to my race. I don't think anybody could have said it more clearly and more succinctly than you um, on this hearing regarding slavery reparations. There is such a great divide, and it started, I mean, it really has started decades ago inside our university systems, um, the educate, educating our children, uh, you brought up your father, who was a World War II veteran. Believe it or not, my father was too. He was a much older father. Um, he was a Marine um, who fought in World War II in the Pacific and in Japan. And I remember how much he didn't talk about the war. He talked about our great nation, building our country, building it up. Um, it was a very difficult war. As you know, so many men came back and they held a lot of things in because the battles were so fierce. But now there's a battle in our nation, and you've spoken about this, and it's a battle within the culture, within the system, within the political system. Tell me what you think happened. Why do you think this divide has become so great, and why do you think so many young Americans, whether black or white, Chinese, doesn't matter, Jewish, it doesn't matter, have fallen into this belief that socialism and communism is the way to go well again we, we have to remember uh that the fight we're, we're fighting now is not not new it's not just a few decades it's actually from the very beginning uh you know we have a very special country that began with judeo-christian values and, and it's and it stands aside from any other country in the history of mankind because of that we believe in god uh and and and, and we have to understand that there is has been a fight and I think the black community really can kind of give a um, kind of a, an, an indication of where, what our country is up against and where we can go if we don't wake up. Uh, you know, we have, uh, first of all, we have a, a Marxist, uh, Karl Marx, who said it very, very, very well. He said the first battleground is the rewriting of history. And if you take away our history, then we, we have a mess. We have a, a, a people who don't understand, don't appreciate the, 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 uh, the sacrifice and the vision of our past of our ancestors. So we have to get that done. And, and I'm going to give you an example of when I say the stealth and what we're up against. Uh, you see, the black community uh, believed in the American way. Think about a race that came out of slavery and for the first time had a chance to experience freedom, you know, to have a business, to run a family, to, to actually have a dream that you can control your future. Think about that environment and that mindset experience for the very first time. We were literally all in. 
we were those who ex- that excited about the opportunity to get out and build our business. And and and, and Booger T. Washington was a good example. Uh, in in eighteen eighty two, he started uh, Tuskegee University down in Tuskegee, Alabama. Mm-hmm. But nineteen oh five, that little that little college was producing more self made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. It was the forties, fifties, and sixties because of the tenets, because of this excitement about our country that the black community had. They were leading our country in the growth of the middle class. The men committed to marriage over 70%. Um, men matriculated from college in a percentage of entrepreneurs over 40%. That was the community we were going up against. But again, we, 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 we didn't know that behind the curtains, the stealth of Marxism and socialism was eating away at our foundation. In 1910, and now I want you to understand, this, this is kind of the way these guys work. They're bullies and cowards. They always hide behind the curtain. In 1910, an organization started called NAACP, the National Association for the, for the Advancement of Colored People. <clears throat> the problem is it was not started by colored people. It was started by 21 white socialist, Marxist, atheist, race-controlled Democrats in 1910. Their, their first black president didn't happen until it wasn't put in place for 65 years after it started. So this is an organization <clears throat> that literally undermined my, my, my community so that great community that we saw in the 40s, 50s, and 60s that I grew up in has now turned into Chicago, Detroit, <clears throat> Philadelphia, Ferguson, where there's no hope, no education, no God, uh, no family. And that's what socialists and Marxists do. They destroy from within. You look at, you look at uh, the, the J, uh, J, uh, IRS, DOJ, FBI, all those in, in, in these institutions that we have trusted that we believe yeah. that was there, was non-partial, that was fair to all Americans. And, and thank, thank, thank you, Sarah, for what you've done and, and, and the Fox team. We're now realizing that we have been under, in a fight for a long time with those attacking us from within and, and, and having no, no shame, um, no empathy. They destroy lives with no thought at all that's, that's wrong because they love their power. Because you take God out of the picture, that's what you have left, evil, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a grab for power that nothing else matters than they than getting what they what they want. So we have a lot to go to fight against. I'm just glad again that I'm very proud that we have Americans are waking up that are standing strong. And if I can say this one thing, if any, any of your audience out there meets and runs across a black American with a MAGA hat on, shake their hands, please. They're fighting the fight. They're the ones that are now on the front line. Our, my community is waking up like America's waking up to the, the plantation mentality. And we're about to win this fight because we're pulling ourselves back in the abyss of socialism. And once we pull our community back, my community back, our country, it, it, it country comes back in the abyss along with it. I, you know, and I, the point that you bring up about actually understanding history, actually knowing what happened. And a lot of these professors at major universities, and by the way, I want to throw a shout out to Tuskegee University because it is an absolutely stunning university. It's beautiful. It's history. Um, and it is significant in what can be done and what has been accomplished already. But you brought up this shift, this change, this sea change within the black community. And uh, we see K. Cole James, Ben Carson, Star Parker, Candace Owens, Ken Blackwell. Uh, we've seen Diamond and Silk, Alveda King, uh, all shifting and changing and saying, wait a minute, young black America, this is not about being a victim. You don't need handouts. You don't need social services. You need to stand up on your own two feet with what God gave you, with your brilliant minds, with your two hands, and build a life for yourself that you control, one that makes you feel proud, one that makes you feel like you are giving back to your community. And, I mean, I think, Burgess, the hardest part for me— I came from, you know, after leaving uh, Saudi Arabia, after my father died, uh, with a single mom living in an p- impoverished community um, in an area near Pomona, California, where there was a lot of gang activity. Kids would, you know, end up dead. Um, I remember one kid that was laying literally an entire night around the corner uh, from my street, and nobody knew that he had been shot and killed in someone's front yard because the grass was so high. Uh, he had been laying there all night, maybe 14, 15 years old, and uh, his body was found the next morning. And 
children literally killing each other in the streets. And instead of saying, look, let me give you the tools to help you build a better community and a better life, it was, let me give you handouts, and I don't expect anything from you because I don't really think that you're ever going to make something of yourself. Well, you know, it's interesting because that is um, what you just described is what makes our country great. We are the place of second chances. Uh, and, 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 and by the way, I just want to make this, this little point. I, I decided because I never realized how important it is for us to win this house back, that I'm, I'm doing something I never, ever thought I'd do in, history, in my, my lifetime. I'm running for a political office. I'm That's right. looking to, to, to win back the house, that, 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 win back the house so we can give our, our president the power that he needs to go ahead and move our country forward in a way that, that he's envisioned this from the very beginning. And uh, if you, for those who want to find out what I'm all about and what I'm doing, go to Burgess for the number four Utah.com and you'll find me there. And, and, and to the point you just made, uh, first of all, I do want to say this. My dad also served, he served in the Philippines and he, he finished up in Japan uh, right after the, the, the bomb went off. So uh, we share a lot in common with that great <laughs> yeah, generation. I can't speak, I can't speak a lot more, I can't speak enough about what they represented and who they were, really were. But, but here's the thing that brings us together. Um, the Americans who love our country, we, 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 we adhere to four tenets that are, I, I consider a president, a president from, from Booker T. Washington. What made his, that community great in those days were these four tenets that we can finally talk about those who love our country and realize who our true enemy is. Those four tenets are head, heart, hands, and home. Very, very simple way to not only describe the American way, conservatism, the, what the, the American dream has always been about and what it takes to be successful in this country. Head is education. Heart is, heart is God, hands is industry, self-sufficiency, and home is family. If we have the chance to talk about those four tenets, I don't care what side of the aisle we're on, we can pull our country together again because, because Americans love our nation, they love our kids, and they love the American way. Now, those who hate those four tenets are, are, is, is, is what we need to be aware of. Uh, the ideology of, of socialism and, 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 and uh, Marxism is evil. Now, people are not. People can change. We all do. But the ideology doesn't. And Marxism and socialism hates God, they hate education, they hate industry, and they hate the family unit. And look at any place that they have spent their time and gotten, gotten weaved into their society, and you see nothing but misery and, and death and hopelessness and anti-Americanism and anti-God, and you see evil. So we, if we understand those four tenets and teach our kids that, uh, they, we can do it within minutes. They can learn what American way is all about. Believe me, we can come together and have such a great future because we can work together. We I, love communicating once we know that we're we're in a fight. And we can absolutely, do that. absolutely. And go into the communities and talk to the people within your communities and learn what's going on in these communities, uh, all the communities across our country that are suffering either from gang violence or drug addiction. And by the way, it's all across the board. It's all across the board. It's not just about, you know, Chicago. It's about Ohio and Dayton, Ohio and Fra- <laughs> Franklin County where, where middle class families, you know, are dealing with opioid addiction and heroin addiction in Baltimore. And this is why you're running for Congress. I'm so excited about this, about this run, um, Burgess. You're, you're up against uh, Ben McAdams, uh, you know, in this race. Explain to me and for the people in your district, what's the difference? What are you going to bring? I know you're a businessman. Uh, You are an incredible businessman, by the way. And you have a lot of these ideas that you want to kind of exude to your community. But tell me what makes you different than Ben McAdams? Why should they vote for you? Well, at the end of the day, it comes down to this. And it's really not even about Ben McAdams. I hear he's a good guy. I have not met him. But he empowers a party that's brought enough of misery to our country and to to, to every community that they're part of. Uh, when you have a guy who who who, uh, who come in, first of all, this this district, District Four, is a very conservative district. Uh, it is one that should stay red every single time. But unfortunately, with Mia Love, she she went against our president, and I, and we had a very low turnout, and the Democrats had a very high turnout. So at the end of the day, this the values of our of our district should be should be be happening in D.C. and not D.C.'s value coming here. We have a a a, a congressman that votes 89% with Pelosi, Maxine Waters, AOC, shifts. You have an idea of just how, how disconnected he is from, from, this, from this district. And I, I would say disconnected from the rest of our country. Our country is not there. So, so 
uh, at the end of the day, what, everything, everything I'm doing, every policy that I'm, that I'm standing for is one that, first of all, uh, because of the values that I had when I was growing up, and I can't say this enough, I grew up in the Deep South uh, 60s in Tallahassee, Florida, the days of the KKK, Jim Crow, but that family unit we had, that community was such an awesome community. Uh, I didn't meet, I didn't meet uh, a white person, talk with a white person until I was 16 years old, but, it, it, but I grew up with such a confidence that no matter what and who I met and who I work with, that we could succeed if we work hard enough and, and, and understand that you do certain things right, respect people, respect God, respect women, those kind of basic things, respect yourself, that you can succeed in this country. So those values I grew up with in Tallahassee are the values I now live in here in, 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 in Salt Lake City. And so it's very natural, very easy for me to stand and fight for the for the community I'm living in. It's, it's, it's like breathing air to me. It's That's just the way it is. It's, it's, uh, it's what my dad and my mom taught me as I watched them stand for what's right and, and hang together as a couple and, and love their kids. All those things that I grew up in is exactly what I'm living in. So it's the most important district in my, in my life, to be honest with you, because it represents the, my foundation of, of learning with, with how great this country is. So we're going we're gonna to make that happen. We just need to get people, again, Burgess for Utah, dot com to see what we stand for and and help us fight the fight. Oh, I'm definitely going to remind our readers and our listeners to go to your website to uh, to 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 uh, focus in on what they want. Is there any place where anybody can ask you questions or comment <laughs> or come see you speak? Is there any place that they can go and and actually have some one on one time with you? <clears throat> If you if you go to the website, we're actually updating it. I'm sorry, as we speak, and this within this next week, you'll have every have every place I'll be I'll be speaking. We're doing a lot of college meetings here, um, and and I'm actually traveling throughout the country now doing fundraisers. The the, the reason was why I said this this seat is so important. Uh, we look at it being number either between one and two of the most important seats that both parties need. So the Democrats need it to keep their power. We as conservatives need it to get back the power of the House and to get back the, the, the House. So it's one of those, those seats that's extremely important. No matter where we are in this country, all conservatives should be, should be concerned about this seat because it will give us an idea. And I, I actually, I love the idea that the values that we have here can be the kind of a linchpin for our country in terms of which direction we go. I love that opportunity. And because of that, we're hustling. We're bringing the message out. We're being very bold. Um, I'm one of those guys who who love exactly the direction we have, the leadership we have, particularly our great president who's giving us red lines to let people know this is what our nation stands for and we're not going to uh, uh, we're not going to compromise any longer. So, yes, go to my website, Burgess for Utah. You'll find our information you'll need to catch up with me. Remember that, folks, Burgess for Utah, so you know exactly where to find all the latest information on uh, the congressional run by Burgess Owens. I want to play something, Burgess, if that's okay with you. I want to play. This is President Trump. He's speaking to the Turning Point USA Young Black Leadership Summit, and this was in 2019, and I just want to get your take on that. Okay. Our agenda is lifting up citizens of every background, race, religion, color, and creed. But while we are fighting every day to build up our nation, the far left only wants to wreck, ruin, and destroy our nation. And you know better than anybody, for the last three years, Democrat lawmakers, their deep state cronies, the fake news media, they've been colluding in their effort to overturn the presidential election. 63 million people voted and to nullify the votes of the American people. And many African-American people voted for Trump. Even then, now they like me more because I said I was going to do it, and now I did it. So you better vote. <laughs> that was funny. That was a funny ending. But, but we're seeing this shift right now in the polls. We're seeing a lot of black Americans, it looks like, for the first time in a long time, maybe for the first time in history, moving towards the Republican Party in such a way in modern political history that I think the Democrats are actually worried. Oh, no question. No question. And, and again, that, that's what I was saying earlier. Uh, for those Americans who, as you go throughout you know, your travel, your day, you see a black American with a, a, back, a red mega hat on, please shake their hands. Please thank them because they're up against, uh, they're fighting. They're saying that we care more about values and principles than we hear about party and politicians. And that's what our, our, our great community 
really has always represented a very strong conservative community. We just have have like I did, brought up conservative, but was, was voting Democrats because we believed in them. So, um, well, so, yeah. Adam, Adam and wants I, to ask you a quick question. Adam's in our control okay. room here, and he he wants to ask. Yeah, you Yeah, I'm just curious. You know, what do you say to somebody who is wearing that MAGA hat? Uh, you know, uh, do you have a message to them that you want to get across through our airways? Yes. Shake their hands and say thank you. They will get it. They'll understand. Uh, because these are, these are people, young people particularly, that uh, and I'll say young and old, across the board. You have 34% now of black Americans saying they're now trending toward President Trump, where 16, only 60% of black men were trending towards Canada Trump years ago. They're getting it. They now realize, and I'll say this too, the greatest president of President Obama was that he was such a lousy president that people begin to wonder whatever happened, hope and change. We're, we're finally seeing that this, this savior did nothing for the black community because he's an elitist. And elitists are the same no matter what color they are. And, and, and I'll just I say this one thing also, guys. When I look back on our, on our history of, as, a, as a black community, it has not been the white supremacists that has done the, the most damage. It's been black elitists. Wow. It's those who are in the black caucus, the NAACP, those who live the American dream. They, 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 they suck every bit of hope out of our communities as they go out and, and live their lives of power and fame and fortune. Uh, those are our enemy. And, and what's happening now, black Americans are realizing that it's not the color of skin that matters. It's the principles, it's the values, it's, it's love of country, family, God, flag, all those kind of things. And we get it. So as we leave the plantation, follow our lead, please. Don't go through the, the, the depths of misery that we have for, decade, for decades because we believe in a, in, a, in a party that's been nothing but a lie. So for Hispanics, for, for gay, for an Asian, I don't care what piece for women, all, the, all the, 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 the division they're trying to bring to us, don't listen to these guys. Don't trust them. Follow our lead as we leave the plantation, move toward prosperity. And, and I'll say this. I was one of the guys, I wasn't sure when President Trump was, uh, was nominated, how it was going to go. I just knew nothing about him. Mm-hmm. Then I, I went online and I, and I read, read his, 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 his promise to the black community. It's called the New Deal for Urban America. And it's 10 points, and I hope everybody will go there. You have to dig sometimes. So you might have to dig in there to find it. It's Google. So you might have to dig to find it. But it's there. He points out as a candidate what he's going to do for the black community. And once again, he kept his word. I, I looked at that, that promise, and I said, you know what? He does nothing but this because no other president that I've, I've been around has ever focused on the, on the urban community. He's said, if he only does this, he'd be worth my vote. And I'm so thankful I voted for him, and I'm so thankful I stand for him. Uh, I look at it very simply. Any friend of my country, my race, my family, my friends is a friend of mine. And that's what President Trump represents. He's, he's our friend, and we have to understand those who put him down, there's a reason they hate him, because they hate everything about our country. And he stands for our country. So let's be bold about it, guys, and, 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 and make sure he has the power from the House, Senate, to do what he's doing so good right now and just, and just blow this thing out of the waters and pull back the curtains on this evil of socialism and Marxism that's been I couldn't and, agree. And I couldn't agree yeah. with you more because I really have seen action. It's it's action speak louder than words. It's not just about words. We heard those same promises with the Bush administration, with the Clinton administration, with the Obama administration, and we never saw anything come to fruition. But now this week as we celebrate Martin Luther King Day and we celebrate uh, uh, and honor the African-American community and and, and America as a whole, as Americans, as one people, right, fighting for freedom, liberty, and justice. I want you to hear, before we go, Burgess, just this clip. This is the clip of uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. It's from his I Have a Dream speech, August 28th, 1963. This will be the day when all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, (coughs) let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. If America is to be a great nation, this must become true. That... Absolutely. I mean, it makes me actually... it, It chokes me up inside a little bit just thinking about it because, you know, we've... Like you, we have a lot in common. There's different things in common. I think about my own family, my family history, my family stories, and the struggles. Um, you know, when you talk about the Ku Klux Klan, 
I remember a story um, that my aunt told me and was when my father and her were very young and the Ku Klux Klan burned a cross on uh, the farm, a small farm in Alabama that my uh, grandfather had to grow crops. I mean, he was a cotton picker. That's what he was. And during the um, Depression, that's what my family did on my dad's side. They struggled. They bought a small farm eventually in Alabama. They had um, friends that were black that had worked with them on the farms that when they were cotton picking. And uh, because they ate lunch with them one day, the Ku Klux Klan showed up that night on my grandfather's farm and set a cross on fire and promised to destroy the entire farm and the family if that ever happened again. And so this is about everyone. This is about every color, race, creed. Hate knows no bounds, right? Yeah, and you know, you know, Sarah, you, you hit it. Uh, uh, it, it. You know, that is the way of the of the leftists, the cowards and bullies. They're always hiding in the darkness. They're always hiding behind white white hoods, black masks, or bureaucracy. And I'll say this: you know, this 2020 is the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower uh, Mayflower um, Compact. Those who came across the the, the, the oceans that started this process of our great country putting together the first kinds of rule of law. It is it's, it's very. Um, uh, it, it's kind of neat that we're living at a time that we can now look back on that on that period of what has happened since then to, to, to hear what, what Martin Luther King said and know that we are living that dream today. You and I, we're living that dream. We're having conversations yes, we that 50 years ago would not have happened because we, we weren't there yet. And all we have to do now is let people know that, yes, we have everyone has downtimes. That's, but that's where we have a chance to live in the country that we can come out of it and we give them a second chance over and over and over again. That's the American way. So let's always look at what we can do. Don't listen to those who, who tell us how limited we are. Think about the fact, education, God, industry, and family, anyone who believes in that and goes at it and keeps tenaciously after it will live the American dream. That's a promise that, that's given to us. And we have to just follow it and go for it and, uh, and come together behind our president and let every American, no matter what color, race, creed, or, or, or background, to live this great American dream of hope. We can do that. I absolutely believe that. Before I let you go, I just want everyone out there to know that um, Mr. Burgess Owens let me wear his Super Bowl ring <laughs> when I was in Utah. <laughs> I was, I can't even tell you, I still can't get over it, right? And my husband, too, he was so excited. I mean, he shows that picture to everyone. Okay, my husband's blind, but he does show that picture to everyone. He's like, do you see that ring on my finger? Because I sure felt it. I mean, that was so exciting to, just tell me, how many people want to wear that ring? Well, I tell you, you know, the, the ring gives me an opportunity to, to have these kind of conversations. That's basically what it comes down to. But I'll say this, Sarah, I, I love so much what you guys have done. You guys literally the last three years have been fighting a fight uh, and, and digging deep, using your minds, your thoughts, your hearts to figure out what's going on. And now we have a chance to talk about what will, will make our country work. So believe me, you made my day. And uh, I, I couldn't believe when I walked in to see you there. So keep it up. Uh, we're fighting this together, guys. And for those, no matter what our talents are, it, it might not be what we're doing, but just use it. Get out and vote. Get people out to vote for our country, and uh, we'll all win this country, this country back. And with years from now, we'll say, I was there. I took part. I voted to make sure that we pull our country back. And we'll be proud of ourselves for the fact that we've done so. Well, that's what we do. That's what our fathers fought for, right? I mean, that's what that's we exactly do. Right. We fight for the freedom to have a democracy where we can vote, where we're not tearing each other apart, where we're not uh, overthrowing a government, uh, where it's a peaceful exchange of power. <laughs> and I, you know, Burgess. I'm so happy to have you on today. I know. Oh, Adam's like, wait, wait, wait. I've, I have I'm one dying. more question. I have one more. Mr. Owens, I'm, listen, okay, yeah. you were, the, in your rookie season, you returned an 82-yard kickoff touchdown against the Denver Broncos, and it's the only kickoff return for the Jets in the entire decade of the 1970s. Take us through the return. Is it, do you remember Ooh, anything as you're running question. those 82 yards? What do you remember from that time? Well, I, I tell you what I remember most of all, guys, because those years were, were years in which I, I, was, I, was, I was glad to play, but we were losing all the time. My, <laughs> my greatest years were the, with the Raiders, uh, just when Baby Days, Al Davis, and, 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 and I think the Raiders of those days, for those who are too young to remember, represent our country. Al Davis brought these guys who, they were the Motley crew. They couldn't fit on any other team. They're too, too old, too rambunctious, too rebellious, whatever it might be. They come to this culture of the Oakland Raiders, and they just, 
work together to keep continue to win. Always underdogs. Always, you know, not uh, uh, nobody was uh, was was judged. Just showed up and, and played on the field, and that's really what our country is about. We do best because we are so different in so many different ways, but we share our culture, we love, we fight for, and we just win, baby. That's what we do. Once we wake up, we just win, baby. And that's what I'm excited about for now. We have a president that's allowing our country to finally wake up to the evil that we're after. And just like it was in World War, just like it was in Pearl Harbor and 9-11, once Americans wake up, we win. And that's where we're after right now. And I just, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to, to talk to our, our fellow Americans, let them know that, that we're in a good place. And uh, don't let the, the negatives of the, of the left uh, uh, get you down. We're going to win this because uh, we have a God in heaven that loves us and has not given up on us yet. So let's get this done. Thank you so much, Burgess. That was amazing. Wake up, America. Wake up. This is so great. I actually feel so reinvigorated after talking to you, Burgess. I'm ready to go out there. I'm I'm one of the foot soldiers. We're out there for America and we're fighting. Thank you again for being here, Burgess Owens. Good luck in your congressional race. You know you are always welcome on the Sarah Carter Show anytime. And I can't wait to see you out in Utah. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Sarah and Adam. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll see you guys real soon. Okay, look forward to it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. I don't even know what to say when I think of that interview with Burgess Owens. It just, it makes me feel invigorated. It makes me feel like, as Americans, we are in a fight that we are going to win. Uh, This is a battle for our nation, for our constitution, for our liberty, for our freedom. And it really tells you that we're all just one people, right? We, we should not be divisive and fighting each other. We should find a way to find those issues that unify us, those things that make us one. Get back to where we used to be. I mean, it's okay to have disagreements. It's okay to have arguments about certain political beliefs or how you think things should be run or what do you think the future is going to hold. Or You don't have to agree on the same, on, on, on everything, right? But we got to be able to communicate and talk. And I think another really important thing that uh, Mr. Owens brought up, and I can't stress it enough, please, please, please don't let anyone define who you are. Don't let people define you. You are not a victim. You are not somebody who lives in Chicago and never get out or Baltimore. You're not just a drug at, don't let anybody define you. Define yourself. Lift yourself up out of the situation that you're in because you are in the greatest nation on earth. This is the greatest nation and it will give you what you give it. It will give you what you give yourself. And I think that's what Burgess Owens was saying, and I'm right on board. I'm so happy he is running for Congress. He is an incredible human being and somebody that I hope comes back again and again on our show because I think for listeners out there, I don't think there's anybody better. It was like getting therapy. (laughs) So I have somebody in studio today, a great friend, and somebody who I admire and I think is probably one of the best guys I know, and somebody who has actually been through so much in his life. And I've had him on the show before, and I want to give you all an update, but this is Gary Brugman. Um, He is a former Border Patrol agent who served eight years in the U.S. Coast Guard. He was, by the way, a distinguished Border Patrol agent who was wrongly convicted and is now asking President Trump for a full pardon and to review his case. And I just want you to hear where he's at with this, um, what's been going on in Gary Brugman's life. I know there's a lot of friends of his who listen to the podcast, and I know there's a lot of people out there who probably don't know who Gary is, but if you go to sarahacarter.com and you look up Gary Brugman, you can read his whole story there at sarahacarter.com. And uh, just so you know, there is a letter um, in the president's a pardon office asking for this official pardon. His attorney, Jeffrey Atticott, who is an advocate for veterans, an advocate for law enforcement, has been by his side 
through this um, grueling process, and it's been really difficult. I've got Gary right here. So, Gary, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it's so good to see you again in person. Gary Gary doesn't live here in the beautiful swamp, uh, so I had to wait for him to come in to get him in studio. Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been it's it's been too long. It's been too long. Tell me a little bit about where you're at in the case and what you're hoping you can achieve um, 2020. Well, I was thinking the other day, the last time I was actually really happy and at peace with myself was in 2000 because all this started in 2001. And um, it's 2020, so I'm trying to put the past 20 years behind me and start from here all over again. So um, the the pardon office has come up and sent Jeffrey Atticott some emails, and he's answered with more information what they requested. But they're not really going to tell you anything because they're, they're a closed building. They're not going to update you whether it's approved or denied. Right. So, so it's kind of like a waiting game for it, you, right? Exactly, exactly, which is why we're trying to get the president's attention to this. Yeah, so just so our listeners know – just in in brief, explain your story. And I know I I know it must be exhausting to do that over and over again. But in brief, you know, let our listeners know what happened to you, what you went through, and then we'll we'll talk about the incarceration. Okay, real real quick. In two thousand one, I chased a uh, group of illegal aliens. It was about fifteen of them uh, for about a mile and a half. They wouldn't stop. A trainee agent caught the group. He didn't have the situation under control, and uh, some were standing, some were sitting. He had two behind his back that were getting ready to run or jump the agent. I didn't know. So I ran up, and I did as I was taught. I put my hand on my weapon, and uh, with, the, with my foot, I made the extension of my arm, and I pushed him from the squatting to the sitting position, and, uh, and that was it. And six weeks later, I encountered a narco- narcotic smuggler. Well, it was seven of them, but this one guy, he was the last one that we caught. Mm-hmm. He body slammed me on the ground, tried to choke me out, and um, make a long story short, he ended up with a broken nose because I thought I was going to die because he, he, he had me by the throat. And he went, he got. This is com- the crazy part of the story, guys, because this is where, I mean, <clears throat> everything changes. This is a time, and I mean, this is before President Trump, and we saw this in the Obama administration, in the Bush administration, Bush. and this was under the Bush administration, where a lot of Border Patrol agents were being charged. A lot of the people that were running across the border, a lot of these illegal um, aliens, uh, some of them that you have encountered had mm-hmm. criminal records, uh, began hiring lawyers and lawyering up and then targeting the Border Patrol agents. So here you go. You've got this guy on the ground. He gets a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Well, he gets convicted and uh, sentenced to 57 months. So next thing I know, that two, three weeks later after that, I get my gun pulled and I got put behind a desk for 18 months. And I didn't find out what was going on until 16 months into the investigation. So I had two months to find a lawyer and prep for a case. What was it that they were charging you with? It was uh, 18 U.S.C. 242 subsection B, deprivation of rights under color of law. Basically, I violated his civil rights. Basically, you violated his civil rights. By doing what I was taught in the academy. Gary, what was going through your mind when you're getting choked mm-hmm. out, thinking this might be your last few breaths? Well, I had already chased uh, a couple of other guys. There were seven in total. And uh, when we were tussling, I saw my boots in the stars in the same picture. When he slammed me, I lost all my breath. And um, my, I was getting yellow spots in my eyes. And I was thinking, oh, wow, I'm going to die. So, so this is how it ends. And we were in tall grass. I mean, it was. I was sweating. I, I, whenever I tell this story, I can still smell his body odor and taste his sweat because he was sweating on my face. And uh, it, it was it was probably the most vicious fight I've ever had in my life. But I thought I was going to die. I even thought if I can get to my gun, he had a polo shirt on. I even thought where I'm going to put the bullet, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get to my gun because I was losing the fight. He would have taken it from me. And that's just. I mean, this is what Border Patrol agents have gone through all the time all the time and you and i talk about this all the time mm-hmm. we've known each other for years mm-hmm. and that Going horror on but it got worse right gary because you went to trial and what did the government do well i went to trial because they charged me for pushing the first guy on the ground with my foot and i was so like, this doesn't have anything to do Eve, adam jenny jenny's here as well this doesn't have anything to do with the guy who got the bloody nose no this has everything to do with the other guy that I pushed on the ground. That he pushed on the ground. And the trial started on a Monday morning. Jury selection ended before noon. We break for lunch. 
trial actually started on a Monday afternoon. By 10.30 Tuesday morning, they were actually done with the guy that I pushed on the ground. And then they, they approached the bench and wanted to introduce more evidence. I didn't know what was going on. And uh, my lawyer comes back and says, yeah, they're bringing a drug smuggler. I was like, what? And they walked him in. And when I saw, I get goosebumps, when I saw him walk in, he scanned the room and he saw me. And all the way walking to the bench, he was focused on me. And I stood up. I stood up. And when he sat down, um, he, they had him up there for a few hours. And when he answered questions, he would answer the question, then turn right back and look at me. And we were just focused on each other for over almost three hours. And then in the end, what happened? I got a, I got found guilty, and um, and I got sentenced to twenty seven months in prison. And you ended up at Yazoo. After five, that was my fifth prison that I was at. So they moved him around in five five prisons, mm-hmm. five prisons for this for doing his job. And I tell you this because Jeffrey Atticott, who who basically is 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 defending and asking. For this pardon from President Trump would not take Gary Brugman's case if he did not believe wholeheartedly that Gary Brugman was innocent. That's true. Jeffrey Atticott has defended so many veterans, but only people whose cases he knows are, I guess, misdeeds, misjustice, mm-hmm. or injustice, and he has fought for them. And this is what you know Jeff told he, he me. He picks them out himself. He does. He does. He does. And it's so important for you to understand this. Gary has said this story, this same story to me, for years. How long have we known each other, Gary? Going on 13 years. 13 years. For 13 years, I have watched what your struggles. I've watched you try to keep it together, to keep moving forward. And you do that. And that's what's so brilliant. And now you're fighting for this pardon. Uh, If you could talk to President Trump right now, what would you say? I know we don't have a lot of time, but what would you tell President Trump if you were sitting in the Oval Office with him? You know, there's a lot of things going on right now, and he's the President of the United States, and, you know, he also happens to be a billionaire, and look at what he's going through. Look at what they're putting him through. I watch what's happening to him and other people, General Flynn, and I think to myself, what chance did I have against the federal government? Because, you know, you're not meant to win against the federal government. And President Trump, is the only person that can change my life. I've I've been past twenty years have been a roller coaster, up, down, up, down, and right now I'm at a real low part. You know, my mom, financials, and I'm I'm semi homeless because I'm just bouncing around from Airbnb to Airbnb right now because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, he's the only one that can change my life, and everybody tells me that you know you're gonna rise up from this. I said I know I'm going to. I will. I'm just tired of rising up. President Trump, if I can get a pardon, the next day I would be in a police academy because I'd like to go back on the job. Even as a reserve officer, I never finished serving the country. I never finished serving people. Um, and, and I would be there in, in that capacity just to help and save people, you know, enforce the law. Nobody wants to be a cop these days, and I'd do anything to get back on the job. He's the only one that can change my life. I know so many people that come in touch with him daily, and it's just so hard to get my point across and, and, you know, sometimes sometimes I really wish quit was in my vocabulary, <laughs> you know, but it, but it's not. So I, I keep going and I keep going regardless of what happens. But uh, he's the only one that can change my life and, 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 and bring me back to where I was. I'm, I haven't had peace of mind for 20 years. Had a couple of good days, a couple of good weeks, but, you know, no, no peace of mind. And, um, and he's, he's been an amazing president. I know that if he knew about my story, he would at least take a look at it. You know? And that's what you're asking. That, you're just, just asking. Look just look at it. Let me um, tell you the story. I hope, President Trump, if you're listening to this interview, that you do take a moment to look at his case. It's been an incredible case. It was one that actually brought me to the border, um, one that I discovered when I was covering the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, there have been a lot of agents. We've we've talked about this. Ramos, uh, Nacho Ramos, and Jose Compeyan, mm-hmm. who were both um, their sentences were commuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a chance, both good guys, both, both great good guys. guys, and Grover and, Hernandez in Rock Springs, the sheriff's That's deputy. right, Grover Very Hernandez, good friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of cases, and this is what happened at the U.S.-Mexico border. Basically, when the government didn't want border patrol agents, and I had this on the record, apprehending or pursuing illegals crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. This was a time when they did everything to try to stop that. 
and even when it came to drug runners. Mm -hmm. And so I just hope that somebody at the White House hears this and just takes a moment to review this case, because I think once you do, you will see what an egregious, an egregious injustice has been done to uh, Gary Brugman. Gary, thank you so much for having Is there anything else you'd like to say before you? Thank you to Jenny and Adam and you for just having me here on such short notice. And uh, I, I came up to do uh, uh, another podcast in New York City with uh, Chris Peranto from Benghazi. And I take that case personally as well because they got abandoned by the government too. Oh, I, you know, Chris Peranto is an amazing, an amazing guy person, yes. and, and went through a lot. Oh gosh. I mean, Benghazi, we'll got to, we have to bring him on mm-hmm. the Sarah Carter show and I need to, I need to talk to him again because he is an amazing man. No, and, um, death. Jenny, did you have any questions or? Well, Gary, I think it just, you have such grit, I would say. And I think it says a lot about who you are as a person, that you really are a good person. And that's something a lot of people should know. And, I just like admire you so much for how you carry on every day. And like you said, that um, you don't quit. That's not in your vocabulary. So, I mean, what what keeps you going? Just uh, that, that's the way I was framed when I, you know, when I was in the Coast Guard and we would go out on rescues, the Coast Guard has a big effect on my life. And we go out on rescues and and no matter how hard the rescue got, we couldn't quit. We had to save the people, even if we didn't make it back in. And, and you know, Marcus Luttrell. Never quit. He he was left all alone. I mean, there's so many people that inspire me to keep going. It's just come natural. I don't know how to quit. And believe me when I tell you, sometimes I wish I could, <laughs> but I, but but I can't. You know. I know. So, but you, you guys have been amazing for the past 12 years, and it's it's you've you've also changed my life. You've been a big part of my life, Sarah. So thank you so much. I I will continue to be a part of your life, Gary, and thank you for being a part of mine and for being so honest about your story. I really love having you on the show, and you know you're always welcome to come back and, and just call me. Thank you, dear. Anytime. It was so great to have Gary in studio because the last time he was on with us here at the Sarah Carter Show, it was by phone. And, you know, it makes a difference when you're actually talking to someone, you know, face to face. And Gary and I have known each other for so many years. I'm the kind of person that can't let go of stories sometimes because I see the injustice. And I believe that it's up to us, especially in journalism. The important thing is, is to minimize harm. And it's also to be a voice for the voiceless. And when you have Border Patrol agents or law enforcement officials that have been unjustly or wrongly accused and you know you hear these stories from the front lines it's like all they're asking for is for someone to listen to them just someone most importantly the president of the united states president donald trump because he can't do anything about it now he served time in yazoo mississippi and as he said in five different penitentiaries for two years his life was threatened there he has lived uh, an enormously challenging life uh after serving his prison sentence because it was very difficult he's i mean considered a felon right he can't go back and do what he did he can't go back and work in law enforcement and do all the things that he loves but he keeps moving forward and he keeps fighting despite all the adversity. So this is what I want to ask you. If you want President Trump to review Gary Brugman's case, and this is all I am asking, it's what I want, please send him a message on Twitter. Hashtag, you know, Gary Brugman out there to the president so he knows. Or review the case of Gary Brugman. Do what you need to do to get that message across so that Gary isn't alone in this fight. And especially if you're law enforcement, I know there's a lot of guys out there that listen to the show that are friends of Gary's. Let us tweet directly to the president. Set, you know, send at real Donald Trump a message saying, look, review Gary Bregman's case. Jeffrey Atticott is a brilliant attorney and he is going to fight for Gary Bregman, but he can't do it unless the president actually knows what happened in that case. Gary, the best of luck. God bless you. Thank you for being on the show. I think about you all the time, and my heart's with you there. 
Thank you for being with the Sarah Carter Show today. I hope we brought you what you were looking for, some great interviews, some great people. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter. That's on Twitter at Sarah Carter DC. Please follow me there, and you can read all my stories at SarahACarter.com. That is SarahACarter.com. And I want to throw one more shout-out for Burgess Owens for being on the show. If you want to know more about his congressional run, go to Burgess. Four. That's the number four, Burgess4Utah.com. Again, thank you so much for being with us. We love you, America, and can't wait to be back with you. Pretzels. Look. What, Chips? Look. Who's the new guy? Fanta. I think he's looking at me. Uh, Pretzels, you got it twisted. He's looking at me. Stop being salty, Chips. We both got a chance. Shh, he's coming over. Ladies. Hi. And hello to you. Back at you, handsome. Fanta picked beef jerky? Mm, girl, we're gonna be here a while. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving.